following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the three-year anniversary of the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. We got the gang all here for the anniversary. My name is Charlie Erling, and with me, as always, I have Davin Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? And David McGraw. Cups, cups, everywhere cups. And today, we will talk a little bit about Devin Booker, give an injury update, and as well, talk about his charity donation or pledge. After that, we'll talk about our three years with this show, our favorite moments from the Suns in that period, and how we got started. After that, we'll do the game recaps and upcoming games as always. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. Okay, let's get started with Devin Booker's donation to charity. And this was a big, this was a lot of money, two and a half million dollars. That's a lot of change. It is. He's donating it to Sons Charities, but he said that he's committed to, this year at least, Arizona children and families, which Sons Charities already have a deal going with with a lot of organizations that support children and families in Arizona. So it sounds like he's just going to be going through those channels that are already set up, which is nice. Um, But Booker also said that he's going to donate $500,000 per year for the next five years to various charities that uh, he'll be working with the Sons Charity Board to do those donations. So that's really cool. It's, It's so nice to see the face of the franchise be involved in the community and really care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. I think this is a big, this has been a big push that it seems like that 2003 draft class really started to do the push for some of these more, you know, big charity contributions and trying to do the community stuff. And it's nice to see that, you know, bookers, we have a guy like Booker who's wanting to do that, wanting to, give back to the community in a financial way like that and yeah these guys will will do stuff you know you hear about community stuff around thanksgiving or christmas and you know the the, they're like shopping for like underprivileged and that kind of stuff but it's, it's cool to see him backing it up with money and basically pledging one of his salaries for a whole year from his first five years yeah and i like what the sons have been doing with this kind of stuff because we've seen it put into action last year i know the big thing was going around and refurbishing a lot of courts i I believe it was mostly outdoor courts but that was really cool i know they do a lot with saint mary's food bank where players will go and help distribute canned goods and those kind of things i know they've done a lot of hospital visits especially around christmas time so it's always cool to see that kind of stuff 
Absolutely. And Devin Booker in particular being the face of our franchise, something we haven't had since Steve Nash probably. We all wanted it and thought it would be Eric Bledsoe, but he never really took that step to become a public figure. And then he never really took a step on the court to really get a big contract and be wanted and stick around in Phoenix for a long time. So it's nice seeing Booker do that. And that puts him in line with like Larry Fitzgerald and Doan from the Coyotes, the, like the faces of the franchise. And giving all that money to the, to the city makes him look good in the public eye, not just the NBA fans' eye, but the whole city. And the Suns need that. And I think it's a good time, too, with Fitzgerald getting to retirement time, who knows Possibly. when, but very soon. And I feel like even when I talk to people who don't really follow basketball or the Suns, they still know who Devin Booker is. He's becoming a household name in Phoenix. Which is awesome, and it, it shows his commitment to the city and you know, doing these kind of pledges, being committed to the city of Phoenix. It just does a lot for morale. And Suns fans are a little, you know, we're a little pins and needles and, you know, looking over our shoulder. But it seems like, it seems like throughout the whole thing, Book has had our, the city's back. Yeah, for sure. I'll say it. And if he's saying he's going to do all these donations over a five-year period, if anyone was thinking Devin was unhappy here, I mean, he just signed the big contract. He just did this donation deal for five years. He's not going anywhere. He's happy here. He could have said 10 years, though. He could have. <laughs> I'm kidding. He could have committed to, like, 37 <laughs> years yeah. throughout his NBA The rest career. of his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's the three-year anniversary of the show. We've been doing this for a long time. We're on our second network. We're... We're all good buddies now. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We've we've come a long way. We like to think uh, <laughs> we have come a long the, way. The content more solid for sure. Our personalities behind the microphone, I think those shine through a little bit more. Mm. I remember being just deadly nervous our first episode. I think we had spoken to each other a few times before that, Once. maybe one time. Yeah. Then we just hop on the mics and record a podcast. You know what? I think everything got taken down from our first network, though. So you guys can't even go listen to that if you haven't yet. I believe it's down from the website, too. There, because I went to look the other day. It's saved. There's somewhere where it's saved. On archive.org. From probably. archive. I know that... Uh, We're not going to link it. You guys got to find it. I do not recommend listening to our first few episodes because they were bad. I so. bet you could hear me shaking. <laughs> oh. Like, you didn't need to see it. You could probably hear it. So I'm pretty sure uh, the future missus, uh, I'm pretty sure she went and listened to a couple of the first oh, episodes. Oh, no. Uh, That's why she hates me so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this time of year, I always like to recap the story of how we got started. Because I think it's a cool story. And so longtime listeners have probably heard this story a few times. But any new listeners might find it interesting. I'll keep it brief, but... Essentially what happened was right before the start of the 2015-16 season, someone posted on RNBA on Reddit about he had a podcast about the Bulls and he said, oh, we should start a whole network and have podcasts for every team. So he 
posted and just said, if you're interested in doing a podcast, fill out this form with your name and information and uh, what team you would want to talk about. And I'll get you in touch with everyone who is interested. So the three of us happened to fill that out. There was actually a fourth guy who filled it out too. And so I emailed the three people, but Charlie and David were the only ones who responded. The fourth guy never said anything. I think about that sometimes. What if lost, he said <laughs> but uh, so we we started emailing each other a little bit, and then we moved to good old Google Hangouts, which R.I.P. soon to Google Hangouts. Yeah, that's gonna be sad. It it will. It, it's very nostalgic. End of me. an era. Yeah, but we started just talking on that, and then we moved. To we skyped one time in December of 2015. No, December 20. Yeah, no, yeah. 2015. December 2015. We skyped because we had been writing articles that whole season. We wrote a game recap for every single game. Yeah, which was a huge waste of time. That's a time <laughs> wasting. That's for and sure. I can't even find those anymore because that website is down. But we. We were doing that, and then we said we wanted to start a podcast in the new year, but we needed to talk face-to-face, as face-to-face as we could get, and so we Skyped one time, and I remember being pretty nervous, but it, it was fine, and you know, we all have a lot in common, so it wasn't too bad, but I was still in college at the time, so I was living in Washington. You were here, Chuck, you were in Gilbert still, yeah. and... David was still where he lives. I guess I'm the only one who's moved yeah. cities, at least. But I was still in college, and so I remember sitting in my... A lot of people called my room my cave because I had a blackout curtain because the sun would come right in. Of course. So I was sitting in my cave, and yeah, we just Skyped, and then right the first week of January, I had gone home to Wyoming for Christmas. And it was one of the last days I was there. We recorded our first episode, and it was a train wreck. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, but it it just got better and better and better from there. But yeah, that's the story of how we met. It's kind of... It's, it's amazing to me. I think the thing I really think about is... I remember when we recorded our, our first episode, and I thought, how long is this going to last? Maybe a year max. I remember thinking that. And now here we are in year three. And I mean, I hang out with you guys all the time. Like, you guys are two of my best friends. And it's there's no end in sight. So I figure as soon as, you know, we start actually winning games, we'll actually <laughs> call it quits because we won't know what to talk about. Yeah. We're too, Don't we're, say too, we're too used to complaining about the Suns <laughs> that once they actually start doing it, it's just going to be, well, what do we talk about? Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, think how bad the Suns have been. We should, <laughs> Since then, yeah. We should tally up the record and be, we can say, uh, in the life of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, the Phoenix Suns are, we're probably like... We've won maybe 40 games. <laughs> maybe 40. <laughs> maybe 40. Like... Under 75. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. We won 21 games. Well, how many did we win in the 15-16 season? I don't don't know off the top of my head. Because that's the only one where we had a halfway decent amount of wins. We started tanking in the middle of that season. 
No, when we started, it was, yeah, it was Booker's rookie year. We had just right. fallen out of, uh, we lost the LaMarcus Aldridge sweepstakes and got Tyson Chandler. Mm-hmm. We had the great Markeith Morris drama. Um, we fired Jeff Hornacek right before or right after the first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a great time. We had we had Mark Heath choke Archie on the bench. Yeah. That's right. Oh, we won twenty three games. Twenty three. Yeah. So twenty three and fifteen sixteen. Sixteen seventeen was not much better. I feel like it was also twenty three. I'm looking it up, but I'm gonna guess twenty three. The sixteen seven oh, never mind. How much? <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> No, no, that's not not right. No, that's this season. Why is it showing me this season? 24. We won 24 games in 16-17. So there's 47. 17-18 was last year. We won 21. But but the 15-16, you can only count, like, maybe half of those wins. Because we had 13 wins before we even started. Before the blood cell injury. So... Yeah, maybe maybe sixty wins. Yeah, that's that's fair. Over four seasons, wow. that's tough. We're, we're resilient. <laughs> we are resilient. If there's one thing this podcast is, it's resilient. We've been around. We we've stuck it through. We have, we have. But let's. Do you guys have favorite moments from either the Suns or just the show itself in the last three years? Is there anything that just jumps to the top of your head? I got something, it's stupid, but when we used to make up nicknames for the players <laughs> per episode, we'd, we'd make up a new nickname for each player on the roster for yeah. like a two-month period. That was fun. And we they did, were we bad. Went, we went through the entire roster, and then I was like, whoa, maybe we'll do that next year, too. Nope. Yeah. No. Some were easier than others. Well, and some guys already had nicknames, so that was easy. Well, we we talked about whether those nicknames should be their nicknames, yeah, for right. sure. So that's still kind of relevant because uh, Eddie calls TJ Warren Rush Hour and no one else calls him. Yeah, that. no one likes that. <laughs> and I remember saying that, like, oh yeah, Eddie calls him Rush Hour, but no one calls him that. <laughs> Just Eddie. I like TJ Score and Warren. Score and Warren is good. That's fun, though. David? Anything? Oh, always looking good? back on the nicknames is great. Trying to come up with one for PJ Tucker will always be one of my favorite moments because we thought we were we thought we had this like oh my gosh moment when we came up with that nickname shark pit shark yeah. pit <laughs> like i felt like we came to this realization when we did that one where we thought it was one of like the cleverest and like coolest things and it seems ridiculous yeah. thinking back on it now but that's just my whole life our our first draft recap we put some work into that and we yeah were, we did we we did some we did. We were still trying to do some articles. It was right before the articles just completely went off. We did right. breakdowns for the top like seven or eight prospects. We went through each of us. We each picked a couple. I remember doing this one on Ben Simmons and saying that like LeBron comps were just not cool, and you should think of them as a Boris Diaw Blake Griffin hybrid. I still feel really good about that one. That's solid. But yeah, I, I feel great about that one still. But. Just, I feel like we put so much work into all this stuff for that draft. I, I will always look back fondly on that and kind of, kind of miss how much. Not that we don't still put put in time or talk about the draft, but we went, we went yeah, hard. We don't write thing. analysis anymore. I remember I did my Sabonis analysis, and 
I just published, I did an actual scouting report on Demonis Sabonis and I sent it to a scout. And I just said, I'm going to publish this exact thing. And I, I remember thinking it was pretty good, but I'm mad at myself because I remember thinking, I bet he's going to go higher, but I'm going to say he's going to be a late or not late mid first round pick or something. I, I said he wouldn't be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm, uh, I'm going to say he won't be a lottery pick. And then in the back of my head, I was just thinking, oh, I know he's going to be a lottery pick though. He's so good. And I remember you talking about the 15 to like 17 range for Spomus. Yeah. And we thinking- should have drafted him at four. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, that was cool. I kind of yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, we used yeah. to really go go deep on that analysis. We we had we had clips. We some of a couple of them we put clips in of like highlight reels and stuff yeah. just to talk about. It felt like we were really doing the push because when when multiple sources was first kind of starting, it was the when Grantland got shut down. That's right. And so. Like, there really wasn't that much written content on RNBA. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, OC original content. And this guy was trying to kind of fill that vacuum a bit. It was before Ringer. And so, I, I feel like we we tried to go really hard on something. Re- yeah, that's right. I remember Dave from Multiple Sources. Shout out if you still listen. <laughs> <laughs> or if you ever listened. I don't know. But he his goal was to make the new Grantland. And I'm like, well, that's going to be tough because those were the best of the best (laughs) guys. But Fantastic idea. I just don't know about the execution. Right. So, yeah, that was... I do remember that. I... One of my... I have a few favorite moments that I actually just thought about from what you guys said. One of my favorite moments is when multiple sources became strictly a Phoenix Suns blog. (laughs) That was cool, yeah. Because... I just remember being really proud that we outlasted every single show on that network. Yeah. That was really cool. I remember something that kept me going through that point was, like, I wanted to see more of our stuff on there. It was just, like, internal competition, Mm -hmm. and we were consistent with it. It's always about looking at the most recent stuff and having it all be Sun stuff. Yeah. That was cool. And that's probably why it fell apart. Because <laughs> yeah, no one cared about the Suns. <laughs> um, I remember I was writing about college basketball at the same time too. My senior year of college was really fun because I wrote two or three college articles a week. I was writing two or three Suns articles a, a week. We were doing the podcast. There was so much basketball. It was so fun. Um, another, I think the first time that we had a fan on twitter message us or tweet at us that was really cool yeah that i love when that happens and it's still really weird to me when people like when people leave reviews or when people tweet at us i i don't know i guess in my head i still just think that no one listens to this except for me and my mom (laughs) (laughs) but I, I it's not true people do listen to this and that is really wild to me and I was actually I, I check our iTunes reviews before every show because I like to do the shout outs and iTunes has been weird lately where they've been putting the reviews out of order so I have to look through all of them to see if there's a new one and 
it's pretty cool to see these reviews that people have left. Yeah. Like, that's... It's so weird to me. So thank you to everyone who has stuck with us. But I think overall... Oh. I have one last ahead. one. Yeah, I ahead. mean, on the iTunes thing, when we did the boy push... Oh, that was <laughs> that was the boy That push. was one of the greatest things that we did. <laughs> yeah. When we put... Oh, yeah. It was, the, it was the drive to get reviews. It was like, all right, rate five stars and say boy. And well, that's we'll when we started shout the shout-outs. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Speaking why. of that, go to our iTunes page. <laughs> give us a five-star... And just type boy in the, in the for the review, and we'll shout you out on the show. Let's start it again. Yeah, that was, let's get again. in. We had to get like a hundred plus of those. Right? I remember, we got a oh lot. yeah, I remember having to do like a long five or six. Yeah, it, it it's the starters do their Twitter shoutouts, and I was listening to them the other day, and I was thinking about oh yeah, I remember having to read some of these ridiculous boy, user boy, names. boy, boy, boy. Thank you. For okay, a couple things though. The Devin Booker episode cannot go unsaid. Was, it, was that episode 69? It was. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the most fun episodes ever. That was so great. Why was that fun? Why was that fun? Yeah. Because, because we talked about Devin Booker the whole time, and there may or may not have been alcohol involved. We were all housed. <laughs> <laughs> I come back. I, I, I was I was in a car. I was I would come back from California, and it was like you guys. You had already been starting, and <laughs> I was I was getting on the call, and it was like, all right, well, we're doing this, and you had had a yeah, you had had a couple uh, of stuff, and yep. having to be like, all right, well, I think you caught up. Yeah, what you did. You, yeah, you, you right. caught up to us pretty pretty quickly. That was impressive. You were dedicated. I <laughs> yeah. liked that. That was one of my favorite editing things. Uh, if no one knows, uh, I've edited the podcast always. And I did it one. time. You did it one time. And it took I tried me three hours. I tried to teach <laughs> Chuck how to do it one time, and he gave up. I gave up. But uh, I've all, I've done the editing for the podcast, and there have been a handful of episodes where I felt really proud of. One of the times where we did the episode and Mitch's audio just completely messed up, yep. and so we had to kind of go through and redo it at spots and just kind of Frankenstein together an episode and that was that, that's happened times. a couple of times yeah. and I've always felt really proud but doing the Devin Booker episode and just being able to be a little wonky and add sound effects and just be silly was a lot of that fun. Was fun. I yeah. feel like we need to get more like morning morning drive radio DJ <laughs> and stuff. I think we need more of that actually. No, 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 nasty. Yeah, like that. Exactly. But okay, I want to take a serious note really quick. Every year we go to summer league, and those are always highlights of my life. Those that's so fun. Summer, summer league, league trips are great. And then I just think this show has been very important for me because since starting it, I have gone through a lot of different changes and things like that. But this show has always been consistent. So no matter how bad the team is, it's always nice to know that. Every weekend, I'm going to get on and talk about the Suns. That's a good thing. <laughs> I guess that's just how my life is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always something to look forward to, though. I don't know. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> There's other things that I thought of, but I'm not going to say them on the show. Oh, we'll, we'll save it for tonight. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was fun. Let's move it on. Do some game recaps. Last week, the Suns played the Kings, the Mavericks, and the Nuggets. 
And we'll, we'll start things off with the Kings game. We won this one, 115-111. That was at home. And yeah. it felt good to shut down the Kings, even though I feel all the sympathy for the Kings, and I'm excited for them right now. I'm happy that they're kind of putting everything yeah. together. Oh, yeah. But I'm also jealous because they're getting all this love and how they've turned the corner. But we showed up and beat them, so got to love that. It was nice. Uh, it's like you're saying, I have this love-hate relationship with seeing the Kings do well. Because on one side, I think about how if a team like that can, do, can turn that corner, then so can we. And we're just maybe a piece or some time away from that. But then at the same time... When you see them doing well this year, I start to think, why isn't that us? That should be us. We have Aiden. We have... The Kings have some decent players. De'Aaron Fox has been great. But there's times where I just think, we have a more talented team than that. Well, we have more talented pieces, for sure. Yeah. But I think that with the Kings, I mean, I don't think you can downplay just Dave Yeager. That's and true. How, how good of a coach he was, and how well, some of the things he did in Memphis, I think, kind of people don't realize just how good he was. So, I, I think he's just a great coach. I think that they are they are better than the sum of their parts, but there's no question that De'Aaron Fox is just took a jump that no one thought he was going to take. Right. He's ever he his three point percentage jumped up by like eight points. Wow. It went from thirty to thirty-eight. Like, dude's just dude's just playing great, and I don't. I, I, no one thought he was gonna take that jump. Bagley injured here or there, but shows why he's a top. He was a consensus top four pick, maybe not top two, maybe, but still top four pick. And they just kind of have these pieces that. You know, Buddy Heald is really good. Bogdanovich is good. All these pieces that kind of just add up to being more. Right. Well, and Bagley's been hurt a lot. Yeah, so that's if, what I was saying. Like, Bagley's been hurt, but when he does get play... He's been good. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny to think that Bagley was, was kind of giving the media some guff about him not being included as a number one pick possibility and how he thought he deserved it more than Aiton, even with those Suns quotes. Looking back at that, that's pretty ridiculous seeing how well Aiden and Doncic have been this year. Like, you're not a top two guy. You, you like you got you gotta have that confidence. Yeah, you though, do. as a guy. I mean, I, I have no issues with that. He was the hometown kid. Yeah, I, I have no issues with it, but I, I, uh, it's no like even say that. at the end of a, a boxing match, even if a guy's been just getting his face pushed in all all match, and at the end of the round he has his gloves up and he looks like he just had a great round, they're doing it for show. I yeah. understand. Right. Shout out Kelly Oubre this game. Yeah. I mean, just... I love him so much. <laughs> the, that put back dunk icing on the cake, date or whatever you want to call that at the end of the game. That mm. was so sexy. Oh my gosh, it was. Let's set the scene a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I forget exactly how much, maybe about 30 seconds left on the clock. Suns are up by one, and we're trying to run a little clock. The, the Kings don't necessarily need to foul yet, and TJ Warren drives to about 13, 15 feet away, 
takes a little fadeaway floater type shot that he does sometimes. The TJ Warren special. Yeah, and misses. It bounces off the opposite side of the rim, and Kelly Oubre flies in and puts this ball back with a powerful one-handed left-hand Kelly Oubre dunk, and just celebrates and is like, let's go! Or uh, He probably didn't yell that, but it, it erupted in there. Put the Suns up three. The Kings go down, and there's not very much time on the clock, and they we eventually got the ball back, and they foul us, and we go up four, and that's it. But that putback was maybe the play of the season so far for us. It felt good. I know that. We've set, we've had some we've had some good plays this season, even though we've been a dumpster well, fire. Well, I guess the Jamal Crawford game winner, or that the, was pretty good. Jackson the, the Booker game winner. Yeah, the Booker, Booker game, game winner. winner. There's been some solid that's plays. True. For sure, Kelly Oubre. He's he's been a delight. It's been so nice to have him. I I feel like if Booker is going to be out, it's just a matter of time until he's starting. I can I, probably I, agree. I, with I, that. I just think it's just a matter of time. I think that Melton and Bridges have been great. I think that Josh has really taken a step up in the starting lineup, but Kelly's going out there. He's playing and so just well. playing really well, playing hard. You know, not every three three is dropping, not every jump shot is dropping, but he just brings a lot of energy and intensity. And, and he's been rebounding well. Yep. I like how he fits in with the guys. Like, yeah. It, it's obvious already that it's they're becoming good friends, and uh, he said something on the post-game interview last night about how he feels at home here already. I know he's probably trying to make a push to get kept around, get a nice little contract this offseason, but I love it. A guy that can come in like that, it seems like we've had so many riffs and just not great chemistry over the last few years. Seeing a guy come in and this little boost that he's been giving the team, I, I love it. And we got him for a reason. Yeah. yeah. 23 years old, isn't falling into this trap of Sarver-esque laziness yeah <laughs> well i mean even like a question not even a not questionable character guy but just a guy that not a lot of people thought was like you know the most team-oriented guy always seemed to have a lot of weird kind of character moments in games he's like, had not some like, weird beefs just weird guys. ones not even yeah. like crazy like just weird and Never sure how that's gonna really mesh with these guys, but he seems to be. They everything seems to be kind of embracing. Ubre, I feel like Ubre's attitude is what we were hoping Marquise Chris could be, but hmm. Chris just turned into Marquise Morris, <laughs> but worse because he couldn't play. Yeah. <laughs> so I love when we sub in Ubre and Holmes together. Yep. I think those oh, are normally our first two subs that come in, and I, I just love that. Like, those two guys, you know they're going to play hard. They're long. Uh, and Holmes has been impressive on offense lately. Like, yeah. that little floater he has, I said last night, I was like, oh, it's big sauce all over again. But that floater is nice. It's mm-hmm. The jump shot's not there. But if he's an, another step in from jump shot range and he puts up that floater, I feel confident about that. And Ubre and Holmes, love him coming in off the bench. Yeah, and Holmes has been doing this thing where he'll take a dribble and just 
put his head down, shoulder down, and just drive to the rim and lay yep. it in. And he has he's, decent touch there. He's got, yeah. he's got some nice touch. And, you know, thinking of energy guy that would chuck some threes here or there for Philly the last year or so, and just being a lot of energy, I was not expecting his touch around the rim, for sure. I think about Tyson. Tyson Chandler could not do any of oh, no. what Holmes is doing. No, so it, it's such it had to be a, a lob catch for Tyson to score. Right. Yep. I mean, even if he grabbed an offensive rebound, he couldn't go up quick enough to have an advantage, even being seven feet tall. But right. It's he was nice going up. He's athletic. If, if Tyson was going up, he was just getting fouled. It was, he, yeah. Right. And he not a great free throw shooter either. So. Holmes also had three blocks and two steals in this game. His defense has been, it's been good. The whole team's defense has been amazing this last week. It's yes, it has. You see a page being turned, and I know we've probably said that this season already after we've won a game or two. But <laughs> the defense, just as of late, very noticeably more aggressive. Yeah, I mean, right now, as of recording, well, as before the Nuggets game, Melton and Bridges were one and two for rookies for steals a game. Milton has 1.6, and Bridges has 1.4, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those guys are doing great. and You know, Melton doesn't have the biggest impact on offense, and it's a lot of work, but... His passing has been good, though. His passing has been a lot better. His defense, he's what he's a plus defender, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, been, he's been making up for, you know, not having a great jump shot or anything. Yeah. I think those steals numbers put them in the top twenty-five for the league too. Oh yeah, they're so they're, they're they're in the top for the league too, for sure. Or just specifically, they're the top two rookies as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move it on to the Mavericks game. Took the loss here by ten points, one hundred four to ninety-four. This one was in Dallas, and I was at class this game, so I didn't get to see much. But you know, I went on RNBA afterwards, and I. Pretty much saw the whole game from Luka Doncic's highlights, so... <laughs> saw the game from the Doncic perspective. Yep. Games like this are tough. Essentially a scheduled loss, where you have to travel the day... the You have to travel the same night after you finish a game, and then play the next day. That's tough. And the Mavericks have been decent this year. They've been up and down. Yeah. Uh, they've ha- They've had... A pretty good opening schedule. They have a lot more NBA-ready pieces. Their bench has been good. Yeah, and we don't need to talk about Doncic. You guys covered that whole Aiton Doncic yeah. argument. So if you want to hear that, go listen to that. We're not going to harp on it anymore. But this was it was a tough game for Aiton, which again he's a rookie. Second night of a back-to-back scheduled loss. That's going to be tough. But finishing with six points and five rebounds on one for seven shooting in 20 minutes. Every once in a while, you're going to see a dud like that. And I was just happy, one, that we were up at halftime, and two, that we kept it within 10. DeAndre Jordan's going to be a tough matchup for him. Yeah. Obviously. Until either... Jordan becomes more unathletic or Aiton gets his bearings a bit more and maybe puts on a little more muscle. I, I think that Aiton almost... I, I think that he's a... Jordan's a tough matchup, but I think that him and a lot of the rest of the league 
still give DeAndre Jordan a lot of benefit of the doubt just for what he's done in the past. Those last two years, he's taken a huge backseat on defense. And I think that if Aiden wanted to, he could kind of just take it to him. But I think he's he's given him a lot of credit, which is good. DeAndre Jordan's all-defensive caliber player. Uh, he's been slowing down a little bit, but great rebounder, great player. I'm not talking yeah. smack on it, but mm-hmm. I think he could go at him. But I think that, you know, that's it's a, it's a tough matchup. He... Is, I think he could take it a little bit, but it's just tough. It's it's it's, it's fine, you know. He, he does this, but then he goes up against Jokic and still looks solid. So it's yes. it's just that's why I almost think that it's more of a like it's kind of in his head a little bit too. With that, it's like oh, I'm going yeah. up against DeAndre Jordan right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing I want to note from this is even though Booker has still been out with these back spasms from the game against the Clippers last week. We haven't seen very much Jamal Crawford. He didn't play in this game, and we saw Troy Daniels come in, only played 11 minutes, but we haven't seen Crawford in a little bit, and it's been kind of nice. Well, I think Crawford, right before he started losing his minutes over the last few games, didn't he play really poorly in the fourth quarter of one? It, it, was, yep. it looked really It was an bad. overtime game, too. Yeah. Yep. And just having to rely on him that late in the game, it's not it's not ideal. No. You'd almost rather give the minutes to anyone, Melton, Ellie, or Troy Daniels. It, it's nice to see that Troy is getting some minutes. I feel, He did a lot for us last year. I mean, he was having to start for us, and it seemed like he... Yes, he's just a three-point bomber, but he did a lot more of... It, he was he was doing a lot more going to the rim and taking some mid-range shots, and I felt like he deserved a little bit more of a shot getting some bench minutes. I get that, you know, he's not the greatest player. I'm not saying that he is, but it's... I'm all right with seeing him get some minutes. I do think that, you know, he can be some good spacing and offense for us off the bench for any team really off the bench. He looks like a more complete player this year, though. I think he's doing a little more in every aspect of the game. If he comes in for single-digit minutes and goes one for three from three, I don't care. That's fine. It's tough when when he plays like 30 minutes, but we haven't seen that, and we have enough wings that he doesn't have to. But uh, the best part about Jamal Crawford being out is that Elia Kobo is getting more minutes, and I'm... I'm very happy about that. Oh, yeah, I love seeing Ellie get minutes, and he hasn't shown a ton in his minutes on the floor, but you see the potential, and you see he can score the ball, he can find the open man. Defense is still a little lacking, but it's all coming along, and he just needs the time. And even I'm okay with running him in the G League just to get some minutes to balance things out if he's not going to be getting them in the NBA. He just needs the minutes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, passing, his jump shot looks really good. It's very, it's aesthetically pleasing. I, I, I'm i excited to see him get some more run. Yep. All right, and we'll end things with the Suns versus Nuggets game. We were all there last night and got to enjoy the 102 to 93 point win. The Suns led the whole way through this game. They were outscored in both the third and fourth quarter, but only by four points. This was just a solid whistle-to-whistle win. We haven't seen that in a long time. Mm -hmm. Felt really good 
and it's the most I've enjoyed a game in a while. Yeah. I kept on waiting for that Nuggets run where they just kind of turned on the Jets because they're, they're a good team. They've been at the top of the West the entire time, the entire season. And I, I kind of just kept on waiting for that. I was really nervous, but... You know, even towards the end of the third, they kind of went on this little run, got it to within seven. I was like, well, here, you know, it is. It seems like it's just what is going to happen. But we came out with that lineup with Quincy AC and uh, who else? It was like Rashawn, Quincy AC, Ubre, Akobo, and Troy Daniels, I think. Mm -hmm. But they held their own and they were able to get it to where we could play Aiden for a lot of that fourth quarter and. It was it was nice to see. It was really nice to see us not just crumble. It was. I think Igor did a good job of managing this game as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I know there was a point where we had been up by 10 or 12 for quite a while, and then in the third quarter, the Nuggets got that. We were up 13, and they brought it to within 11. And Igor called a timeout. And I just remember saying, that's a great timeout. We need to stay up by double digits. So call that timeout and don't let these guys get complacent. Because I think that's what's been happening a little bit, is when we have a lead, we get really excited, and then we start playing a little sloppy, and we start forgetting about the game plan. and Playing not to lose. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I think Igor did a good job of keeping these guys sticking with the game plan, keeping them accountable and not taking their foot off the gas which we've seen this year so yeah his his timeout management was great just calling timeouts it seemed like right at the right time it's something that great coaches do and you know as Suns fans will joke about you know Steve Kerr or Popovich calling a timeout you know when we score four points and you know oh you're only up by like 18 now instead of 25 yep but that's we're just th- not used to that. That's that's right. what that's not what great coaches do that kind of stuff because it's about it's about sending a message to your team. It's about hey, you need to stick to the plan. Whenever there was a guy shooting free throws, it seemed like he was over along with uh, Pretney, right? Pretney? Pronty. 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 I always mess up his name. Sue me. But they were Please alongside don't. a Kobo or Josh or Melton. They were just just coaching just at every free throw it seemed like they were on that side of the court they were just there coaching and yep. it was just it was great to see it was nice well here's the thing igor is a great coach he he has the resume we know that he's a good coach i think he's just finally getting more comfortable with his situation here he's known these guys for a few months as his as his players yeah this is you can't expect Igor to go out there and lead the Suns to like a twenty and ten record right now. That's not going to happen, or thirty and ten, or whatever. Right. It's obviously not going to happen. It's going to take a little time, and now we've been seeing it happen. I don't think anyone's been complaining about the offensive system we've been running, except for the fact that Aiden needs more touches. I think we can all agree on that. And mm-hmm. Aiden in the second half needing touches, seeming like 
yeah, that there's not kind of a shift to push for that, and it's kind of more of a continue to play the offensive game plan, which right. frustrates some people. Right, for sure. and the rotations are much more tight now. You can almost expect what's going to happen when you when you see someone come in. You're like, okay, that makes sense. He needs a blow, or he's been cold. It seems like they're just tight rotations. I don't know. I'm just I'm feeling cautiously optimistic once again. Team defense, too. Team defense. That yeah. was huge in this game. How many shot clock violations did we cause? Two or Two three. Two or three. We were rotating. We were getting to spots. We were communicating. It looked good, and look what happens. The best team in the West scores 93 points. We could do this every night if we would try. I, I have to say, one of the greatest things was and this is not something that you will ever see and I've complained so much about with the Suns in the past is switching back after a switch there were so many times in the past and even earlier this year where you would see a switch and the guys wouldn't switch back and these great defensive teams they don't take a switch and then stay on that for the whole rest of the 20 seconds of the shot clock or whatever. They're switching back as soon as the ball's away. And it was either Melton and Holmes, or it was Holmes and a guard, or wing. And they'd switched, and then switch As soon as the ball shifted, Holmes got back on the center. And they called it out. Yeah, and they switched back immediately. And that was, it was so nice. We didn't have Holmes stuck on a guard. We didn't have a guard slash wing stuck on you know, one of the Nuggets bigs. It was just a switchback immediately. And I think it was, I think Jokic was in the game at that point. So it wasn't like Jokic was just able to go get some position and then just get an easy score. So just that kind of stuff, just being able to switch back, is that's what you have to do to play good team defense. Yeah, and <clears throat> with Jokic, I mean, you got to do that. I wonder how much that was pounded into him before this game. Like, yeah. if you yeah. let Jokic get a 6'8 or under guy on him, he's going to score every time. Yep. Who was it who he absolutely walked down under the rim? Who uh, was it? It was, I think it was Bridges. Bridges, it was or, Bridges Josh. or Josh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just he just walked backwards back into the paint while taking slow dribbles, and Jackson or, or Bridges was just getting bounced off. It was yep. so funny. And he, he walked in and laid it in, and it looked way too easy. I actually applauded that because it, was, it was funny, and he took advantage of it. I mean... Yeah. Smart play. Do it. Yep. It didn't happen the entire game. Like, I feel like we would have seen in years past, even in earlier season past, we would have seen that just... I'm pretty sure we did see that thing happen just way too often. Yeah. And instead, even when it seemed like there was a smaller guy on him, there was another guy coming for help defense and getting a block or forcing, you know, a foul, it seemed like, or foul shots. It was... Yeah, yeah. well... (laughs) Remember with Tyler Eulis when their point guard would take it into the post every time and they'd get an automatic two points? So When Steph Curry can post up your point guard and yeah, score. We're, we're past that, though. We've got Kelly Oubre scoring 26 and grabbing 11 rebounds. That's right. We've two got, double-doubles. We've, yeah, we've got eight and 22 and 13. He had, what, he had three blocks, he had too. three blocks. Yeah, no turnovers from Aiton. That's been nice. Josh Jackson... I have a little bit of an issue with Jackson needing 18 shots to score 15 points, but I'm going to uh, let it well, slide this you time. Take, you take out that three-point shooting, that's 5 of 11. That's true. That's, that's not true. that bad, but he he, hucked, he chucked up some, some three-point shots. But with Booker out. Someone's got it. Yeah. 
but 15, four rebounds, five assists, oh, a steal, and a block. And, and like, Quincy Acey's first point, not points, point, he hit one free throw <laughs> in a Suns uniform. He was in there for eight minutes, and the Suns outscored the Nuggets by 14 points in that time. I think that says a little something about just how good he is to have on the court. He, he doesn't need to score, but defensively and just aggression-wise in general, you need a guy like that out there. Being able to have a guy that's a four that's not Ryan Anderson is yeah. so nice. Oh, we also need to talk about DeAnthony Melton in this game. Yes. He had ten assists and four steals. Yep. Only two turnovers. Only so two points. Only two points. I, I would like to see him score a little bit more. but 0 for 7 from the floor. Lots, lots of good and some bad out of Melton. But, but that passing is nice. And I noticed he was doing really well with the team defense. Stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was He's, the guy that I'd always see dropping down to the guy in the corner, in the corner just yep. scrambling. Like, mm-hmm. you got to scramble in those situations. And yep. he was always there. Yep. And, and I mean, great. when you're matched up against a guy like Jamal Murray for most of the game you can have an off you can have an off offensive night if you can make the other guy have an off offensive night right jamal murray shot four of 17 yeah like he was quoted melton was quoted saying he put up 43 against us last time we can't let that happen again and he did him to 12 it's beautiful it was nice that's that's the kind of thing you want to see from a guy just taking a little bit of Taking it a little bit personal when a guy yeah. is able to does something like that on you, mm-hmm. just being like, no, not again, not again. That's right. All right, upcoming games next week. We've we're, these are all on the road. Quite the road trip. We've got the Pacers, the Raptors, the Hornets, and then the Wolves. Uh, it's gonna be a rough week of games. Yep. What, which one are we looking forward to the most? Uh, I like watching the Pacers. Yep. Because. Demonis Sabonis. Sabonis is fun. Oladipo is great to watch. Yeah. I, I think that Pacers team is a lot of fun. Shout out Josh Cranberry. <laughs> Pacers Josh, fan. Josh Cranberry juice on ice. Uh, I, I really like watching the Raptors too. That, that team's really good. And they're so deep. The Hornets is winnable. I think the Wolves would be a winnable game if... It's kind of weird that we're on the East Coast and then we go up to Minnesota at the very end. But we we go to the real We the North team in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I think the Hornets game I'm looking forward to. One, because I love their uniforms and colors, so it's always nice to watch the Hornets play. And I think it's the most winnable of these four. I I, I think the Raptors, I think they're just a good team to watch if you want to watch some good basketball. And... Yeah. You know, we were, we were able to keep it close. I, the Celtics aren't are kind of in this weird spot right now. We were able to beat them at home. We were able to, you know, we've been able to keep it close to some of these good teams. Maybe we can kind of play some more good team defense and just have an enjoyable game against the Raptors. We're not going to win, but that, that team's just really fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see if Booker plays too because we know that Booker plays better on the road. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that is a good point. I wonder when Book will be back. I, At the top of the show, we said we were going to talk about his injury, and we didn't. Yeah, but, but I, I mentioned he was having back spasms from the Clippers game. Right, so I'd like to think he was questionable last night. Or... Yeah, well, they were hoping to have him back by this game against the Nuggets last Saturday, and he wasn't able to go, so maybe, hopefully in the Pacers game, he'll be ready. In all honesty, if he needs to sit out this road trip, he should just... 
Just sit do out. it. We're I've, playing like we're playing inspired ball right now without him. Mm-hmm. If it, this is any sort of rushing him back, we do not need to do that. We right? don't. We're not. It's good for development. It's good for a lot of things, but right now we just. We need him to be healthy, and we need him healthy for the future more than we need him healthy for the next 10 games. Yeah, and it's exciting to beat a good team, but we've also won 11 games this season. Yep. There's no reason for us to try to win. I hate to say that, but... Well, no reason to push to possibly injure a franchise player. Right. Yep. Is more of how that is. No. Yep. All right, well, let's move on to my favorite section of the show, the non-sports section of the pod. And when we first started the pod, we would do, each one of us would do a plug of something specific. And it used to be super random. I plugged Tillamook Cheese once. I plugged my space heater once. Lazco Heater's still waiting for that sponsorship. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're around, send us an email, sunnyandphxpod at gmail.com. Uh, so plugged a lot of weird stuff. Then we switched it to Mitch's face melting minute, which uh, there's a Spotify playlist by that name where I still have been adding stuff that I'm listening oh, to. Nice. But I used to plug an album each week, and we had David's comic book corner, and Chuck would plug something, which was usually Game, of, Game of Thrones, Thrones. or um, Rim World. I was trying to remember Rim what the World. name of the game. Still was. play Rim World. Yeah, <laughs> we still do all of these things, but we just don't talk about it as much because it was boring for us. And if it was boring for us, then it was boring for you. So. Now we just think of something random each week. And this week, shout out to Natalie, who is amazing and such a great hostess and chef. Charlie's wife. My wife. uh, My wife. Your wife, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) She made us the most incredible biscuits and gravy this morning. So huge shout out. Let's get a round of applause in here. David, you need a clap? Thank you. You're all fine. Okay. So that inspired this section. We are going to do a breakfast food big board. So usually we say, what's our favorite breakfast food or best? No, we're making a, a big board that we all contribute to. And if there's some graphic designer or someone out there who wants to put some sort of image together of this, tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod. We'd love to see your ideas for our big board. But let's get this content first. Where do we want to start? How Maybe we want to talk about the five top breakfast foods see if we can get five well due to the day biscuits and gravy is in my top it's five. gotta be it's is gotta it be. in everyone's so i'm very picky about gravy normally Ooh. i'm normally very picky about gravy i love biscuits i i definitely agree with biscuits whether it's biscuits okay. honey biscuits butter a biscuit like sandwich Mm-hmm. Or, I think biscuits 100% are in there. Uh, gravy, I'm a little bit, you know, hesitant on some places. Just Okay, put it on the side, and we'll say biscuits and gravy. Yeah, biscuits yeah. and gravy, on gravy on the yeah. side. No, it's a, it's, it's a David that's, thing. That's, a, that's in the top five. Yeah. I want to put omelets in there. I was going to say my favorite breakfast food is an omelet. Okay, so we've got omelets. I'm all about got biscuits and gravy. eggs in any form. So, mm-hmm. omelet might be a good general general egg term okay let's go with that I'm fair with that okay I I do have to say one thing that I've recently started with I've jumped on very very recently like in the last four or five months Mm -hmm. the eggs Benny 
Ooh, Eggs Benedict. Shout out to my buddy Rutabaga. He's a <laughs> he's a big Eggs Benedict fan. Yeah. Is that his real name? No, it's oh, okay. it's Andy. Also, <laughs> of it course. Andy or Andrew to Andy to Rue into Rutabaga, okay. and we stuck with Rutabaga because we all <laughs> like. That's great. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I, I'm cool with putting eggs by the dick. I've learned how to make a hollandaise sauce. I've Ooh, yeah. you know started making it, started doing the homemade thing. I I'm a big fan and of eggs by That's good because you get an English muffin in there. English you muffin. You get a poached egg and ham. So we cover some I mean, some bases there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Let's see. I think we need to put some sort of bread product and I lean waffles. I'm a waffle man. If it's Waffle, waffle French are, toast or pancake, I'd pick on a waffle each time. All right, Sam, yeah. easy. I used to do I used to be all about the fruit on it and mm. I'll still do that, but nowadays it's just maple syrup yeah. and a little butter. That's all That's I need. That's all you need, yeah. Unless unless you're going someplace that has the chicken and waffles in that case. So, yeah, a little fried chicken with a waffle, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we've got one more slot open. So Let's, so hold on. I I want to do I think eggs should just be it should just be eggs. Eggs. I don't know if we change need to just... omelet from eggs yeah. in any form. Okay. Even almost the Benny to uh, yeah. eggs. Mm, okay. If we're doing the food groups. So okay, yeah. Let's say eggs, including omelet scrambles, eggs Benedict. Yeah, I like that. Huevos rancheros. Skillets. I like that. Skillet. Egg skillets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got eggs, and then we have. The I guess biscuits. we can technically go two bread varieties already here. We got the biscuits and gravy, uh-huh. and then we got the waffles. waffles. Different bread, though. Very different. Completely Very different. different. Yeah. But now I think we need a meat. What's everyone's, like, I can go bacon or sausage patty or mm. chorizo, mm. and just none of, it's all good. Sausage links. You like I links? Love, I mean, patties are fine, but sausage the, okay, links. Okay, if the links... They gotta be a little crispy on the outside, mm, though. I can't yeah. just you can't. I like that. I gotta. They gotta be a little crispy. I don't eat as much sausage, sausage or bacon, but sausage links, or if you get the uh, the uh, the like almost like the kielbasa, but not like yeah, oh, like the like spicy smoked, sausage, smoked, smoked sausage. Yeah. I would say that's, that's good. pretty good. That's so, solid. That with sandwiches is really yeah. good. Yeah. Can we Split just say sausage? Them. As one sausage, sausage. We know sausage. you love sausage, Mitch. But um, I'm gonna throw some, a couple, two things out here. Okay. Because this is just a David thing. Yeah. Throw it's, it out. Uh, the oatmeal and the Greek and the yogurt. The uh-huh. Greek yogurt, yogurt, whichever one. The yogurt with, you know, the fruits and that kind of stuff. The little oats, maybe, whatever you granola. Granola of some sort with the I yogurt. I do like granola. Hmm. Or uh, the oatmeal. I feel like the oatmeal is the one that I always go to, though. Oatmeal with with either fruit or with some honey, some brown sugar. Um, there's a million different ways you can do oatmeal. See, I like oatmeal. I like oatmeal quite a bit. But when I think about oatmeal, I think about being in a hurry. And mm-hmm. it's it's quick, it's easy. You're thinking instant oatmeal instead of, like, right. getting oats and, like, cooking oatmeal on the stove. Yeah, yeah. But I just think about quick. I don't know. I guess, like, when I go to a breakfast cafe or something, I would never o- order oatmeal. See, I always get oatmeal on the side. I'll get, an, I'll get an omelet with a cup of oatmeal. Hmm. 
instead of potatoes or anything. That's oh, weird. Oh, potatoes. Like hash browns. Hash right? browns. Or breakfast potatoes. The, the country, like, like potatoes with the peppers and onions, oh, I think, are too. way better than hash browns. I could but. talk about breakfast for so much longer than this. <laughs> I could keep going. I got to give two shout-outs. One shout-out for sure. I'll just do one. Corned beef hash. Oh. Very underrated. I don't see it a lot, but... Honestly, I could eat it out of a can. I can eat canned really? corned beef hash and wow. not even be mad about wow. it. Wow. My brother, my brother went for like two or three years where he would eat corned beef hash out of a can Dude, every it's, day. It's legit. Wow. If you get a little sear on it, a little fry on it, Ooh. and then with some eggs, it's it's the jam. It's just, I'm pretty sure it's all it is is diced potatoes, diced corned beef. There might be onion in there. There's normally, I, I think, like an onion or pe- like. Pe- bell pepper something, or something like that i love bell peppers i'm all about that though chicken fried steak that's my shout out chicken fried that was my other one i figured someone <laughs> yeah would say it. well we would get there i am from where we were from i don't like <laughs> chicken fried do steak like at all legit Midwest. big board here like yeah. we might need to keep going on this yeah we Dude, might fill out the other side of the bracket next <laughs> yeah breakfast smoothies i did that oh, for a while smoothies. when i lost weight Ooh. i did breakfast smoothie smoothies every morning with you know, kind of in the yogurt trend, but yogurt, frozen fruits, mm, that uh, is peanut good. butter. Peanut butt. Peanut butt. Peanut butt. Peanut butt on toast. This Bagels, too. Bagels. <laughs> oh. They're, everything's so good. <laughs> okay. Cold brew coffee. Oh, that's my drink. Ooh, right there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Summer League right there. Oh, Drinking yeah. cold brew every single day. <laughs> okay, let's, let's pick our five just for today. And maybe we can make this into a two three or four parter okay where we a, a 17 parter yeah. eggs okay. and yeah. biscuits and gravy are my two definites that i would okay. like to put in there i want to put waffles and what um, are your what are your yeah what are david besides besides eggs i think eggs 100 percent eggs however you do them they're mm-hmm. just they're the staple they're the king of breakfast they're, they're the staple when i agree i will eat eggs anytime they're just great. Yeah. Not hard boiled though. I don't like hard boiled. Oh, I can I can just pop those in the so, well. See ya. I, I'm I only I only really do scrambled. I don't do any of that kind of stuff except I've started to do the poached a little bit. There but, you go. But uh, eggs, however you like them, everyone likes some sort of egg almost. Uh, but I I still feel if I'm gonna say what whether it's oatmeal or yogurt, it's gonna be oatmeal. I feel like oatmeal is just a staple That's breakfast. Fine. I think That's oatmeal fine. is a good side piece. I'm okay with that. Because I don't like yogurt. I so. I get that. And I get, I get that people don't like yogurt. But I like I only like yogurt if I have granola. I need a little crunch to it. Yeah. With the texture. Not, yeah. just, not just plain yogurt. It's, you know, a parfait, as some would say. Parfait. When they order it from McDonald's. Yeah. Oh. Actually, those aren't <laughs> that bad. <laughs> so, we've got biscuits and gravy... Eggs, eggs, waffles, waffles oatmeal. oatmeal. Oh, and then we got. I think we got to add meat. I think it's got to be. So I think it's, sausage, I think it's I a sausage. Sausage. Wow. Sausage of any variety. So we didn't put bacon. I feel like there could be some backlash. See, I would go bacon, but I what know, I know that. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I be just, the one that everyone stones on the podcast, is because I'm not the biggest bacon fan. I like turkey bacon. But oh no! Just end the I show know. right now. I know, I know. I like bacon, but we're putting sausage. Turkey bacon. So, okay. if someone can please make that big board, including eggs, waffles, 
I can't even remember. I'm upset now. Eggs, <laughs> waffles, <laughs> turkey bacon. Eggs, waffles, oatmeal, sausage. Bacon's too greasy. I can't help it. What was I, the fifth one? What did we say? It's too crispy. Biscuits and gravy. B's and G's, boy. Eggs, sausage, biscuits and gravy, oatmeal, and waffles. That's our big board. All right. We're, we're, yeah, we got to end this thing. We just talked about <laughs> breakfast for half an hour. We thank you guys for tuning in, especially all of you longtime listeners here enjoying the three-year anniversary with us. Uh, Sun's 2-1 and one last week. Got to enjoy that. Uh, we'd enjoy some social media love. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Sunny and PHX Pod. I posted twice this week. Boom. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Go Suns. Fire <laughs>